the Spirit of God, the Lord says that He will pour that out in those days on His sons and His daughters. and Some will dream dreams, some will have visions and, and, and the like. And God is doing that. God is doing that. The Spirit of God is alive in the church today. In the church. If, if we are open to that, if we are obedient to that, if we are following that. Agreed? Because in the church as a whole, there are many places that that's not the case. That's not the case. And because of time constraints or... Um, public opinion or whatever, whether it's politically correct or not. Oftentimes, the Spirit of God is not welcome in the church today. And that's scary. That's scary. Because without the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives, we are powerless. We're powerless to obey. We're powerless. We have no authority We have no strength. The Spirit of God is moving in the church. Do you sense it? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Are you a part of it? Because that's where you want to be. You want to be where the Spirit of God is moving. You know what the Bible says? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's liberty. There's freedom. The shackles and are gone. The chains. <laughs> They're broken. We're free. We're free to worship him in the way that he deserves. Hallelujah. There's freedom. It's not a bunch of rules and it's not a bunch of laws. There's freedom. <laughs> There's freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. Man, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be where there's a bunch, of, a bunch of rules and stuff like that, though. Rules are important. Don't get me wrong, you know. And God has his laws, and God's got rules too. But it's not to confine you. It's not to fence you in. It's not to rob all your joy and steal it all from your life. It's to protect you, and it's to bless you. God wants to bless you. God's Father heart towards you is blessing. You're his baby. You're his child. And he loves you, and he's for you. And you know what the Bible says? If God is for you, then what? Who can be against you? It don't matter. It don't matter, because if God is on your side, no one can be against you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Praise you, Lord God. The Word of God is so important. Boy, Lord, it seems like the Lord keeps changing stuff on me. Last week I had my message all prepared all ready to go and just didn't quite feel like that's the one. And Sunday morning came and it wasn't that at all. And the Spirit was moving. And God was speaking to us.
And God is still speaking to us. The Word of God is life. His Word. His Word is not religion. It's truth. It's the truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Word of God is truth. The Word of God is what sets us free. Maybe you've tried everything that you know to try to free yourself from whatever it is that's holding on to you. You've tried everything that is within reach and beyond to change your life. And nothing has worked. You just keep falling right back into the place that you were. And years go by, and here you are still in the same place you were years ago when you were trying back then. What's the trick? (laughs) What's the trick? What's the thing that makes the difference? Over and over again, nothing seems to work. You're not able to break free. For some reason, those shackles are just holding on. You're bound. You're shackled. You are a captive. You're a captive. You are, in all sense of the word, a slave. You're a slave. Someone or something is your master, whether it's drugs or sexual sin or fear. Fear is a big one. Guilt. It does, there's countless things that can fill in that line. You fill it in yourself to make it your own, but there's so many things, depression, that just keep holding you down. That is not the life God wants for you. That's not the life that God wants for you. That's not his plans for you. In Isaiah 61, I don't even know if Bill got these. I sent him my, the old message before God began to change things. So forgive forgive us if we're not right there. I want to turn to Isaiah 61. Verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord... The Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the what? The good news to the poor. You know, there's a lot of bad news out there today. All you got to do is turn on the TV or turn on the radio and there's a multitude of bad news, isn't there? It's endless. People are dying. I heard about a 
a shootout in, what was it, Buffalo or something recently? That's, that's way too close to my backyard. But the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. How many of you here have ever been brokenhearted? For whatever reason, brokenhearted, Maybe it's something that you did yourself and the consequences have caught up to you. Maybe it's something someone did to you. Maybe it's something that you've been robbed of. Bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom. Freedom for the captives. Friends, that is good news. That is good news. Because it's the one thing that maybe you haven't tried. It's the one thing that has the power and the authority to break the chains in your life that you've been trying to break for so long. Sometimes even the key doesn't work. You know that? Sometimes the key doesn't work to those shackles. And even though you unlock it, they still hang on you. And you're stuck in the same place. But the truth, the Word of God has the power and the authority to set you free when you've tried it over and over and over and over. Again, this, the Word of God has the power to change your life forever for the good. Maybe there's been this cloud of depression that's just been hanging over you and it's dark. And even though the sun is shining, the cloud's just blocking the sun. And your life is dark. And even when good things come, they're seen through the lens of darkness and depression. And it just pulls you down and you're stuck in that pit. And it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. The Word of God has the power and the authority when nothing else does to change your life. To change your life. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Maybe that prison cell that you may be living in is dark and it's dirty and it's wet and it's gloomy. And Well, there's good news, friends. There's good news. God wants to set you free. God wants to raise you up. And he wants to take you out of that pit and he wants to set you on a rock. <laughs> a rock that doesn't move. No matter what storms may come in your life, he wants to put you on that rock, that firm foundation that no matter what comes in your life, you're going to stand. Because your feet are founded on that rock. And that rock is, is not going to move no matter what comes your way. The rock 
of the word of God. The rock. The rock. There's somebody in, in our world that we call the rock. And he's big and he's strong and he's a pretty talented guy, actually. Play guitar, actor, and strong as an ox. But even though he may be strong and talented in so many ways, life can pull him down. If, I don't know if he's saved or not, I don't know. But if we're not on the rock, if our lives are not built on this firm foundation, that big bad wolf's going to come and he's going to blow our house down. <laughs> but if our lives are built on the rock, it doesn't matter what comes. Let the winds blow. Let the storm happen. <laughs> Let the waves crash because nothing is going to pull me down. Nothing's going to pull you down. If you are on the rock. John 8:31, would you meet me there? I'll race you. John 8:31, 32. Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples." Then you will know the what? The truth. And the truth will set you free. You see, there's other things that, that will claim that they'll set you free. Jacasa. 12-step programs, you know. And all these things, you know. Rehab programs and all these kind of things. And, you know, they're... They're good. They're good. But they don't have the power. They don't have the power that the Word of God has. They don't have the authority that the Word of God has. I don't know if I'll ever get to the place where I'm comfortable speaking about my own addiction to Oxycontin. I've spoken to the, you guys about this many times before. And all my back problems that I've had and started out on you know, painkillers and whatnot. And before I knew it, I was addicted to Oxycontin. And man, there was nothing I could do to get out of that. It, was taking, it took over my life. And as a Christian man, that's something you don't want people knowing. And for the longest time, I just kept that quiet. I didn't want anybody knowing, just my parents, you know, my family. But that was the case. I was addicted. I was bound. I was a slave. And Oxycontin was my master. And nothing I could do would work. But God intervened in my life. By the power of God. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. By the power of God, he set me free. He set me free from my body's dependence on that Drug. The Holy Spirit is my drug. The Holy Spirit. 
You've heard it said that there's a drug of choice, yes? The Holy Spirit is, is my drug of choice. I get high on the Holy Spirit. Yeah? The Holy Spirit takes me there. Glory to God. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if you go down farther, verse 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Now listen to this, verse 36. So if, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. It's final. It's final. If the Son sets you free, who's the Son? Jesus is the Son of God. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And the shackles of sin, which is disobedience to God, the shackles of our disobedience to God fall off because of what was done on something, something like this. And the blood that poured down the wood and into the ground and the nails that pierced his hands and his feet Because of that, we are free. We're no longer slaves to sin because the power of God is more powerful than any force of addiction. The power of God is more powerful than the clutches of sin. The power of God is more powerful than death itself. More powerful. Jesus, by his word, called Lazarus Lazarus from the grave. He'd been dead for days. I don't imagine it smelled too good in that grave. May have been a little gross. But Jesus called, Lazarus, come forth. And can you imagine the people looking on. This guy's crazy. Who does he think he is calling someone who is dead? What kind of authority does he think he has? Who is this guy, this blasphemer, who claims to be the son of God? What right does he have? And then Lazarus stepped out of the grave. He stepped out of the grave. And that's what you and me do when we choose to follow Jesus Christ. He calls us from sin and from death. And he sets us in right standing before God, face to face with God. And God looks at us. And even though we're filthy and we're dirty and stinky and smelly because of the blood of Jesus, he looks at us and he says, come here, come here. You're mine. You belong to me, and I belong to you. Hallelujah. You know, we can't can't trust in our own abilities. In Proverbs, what is it, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, or something like that, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own abilities because you don't have it. You don't have what it takes. Lean on God. God has what you need. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word. There it is again. On every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, as much as we need food, I love food. As much as we, as much as we need food to survive, it's not everything we need, is it? If we go without food too long, our bodies begin to deteriorate. Our muscles deteriorate. Our brain function deteriorates. And so we need food to continue on, to continue living for our health. And the Bible uses that as an analogy. We need the Word of God. The bread of life, as it were. The bread of life. See, we need to consume, we need to consume the word of God to sustain us, to make us healthy, to give us strength. The word of God. Hebrews 4, 12. I know that we quoted this scripture, I think, recently, maybe even last week. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. Sometimes when we think of God, we think of religion, and it's like, that's not the way God intended it. That's the way man made it. That's not the way God wants it. He wants it to be alive. He wants it to be active. He wants us to be passionate and excited and joyful. How about that? Joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I get my joy from the Lord. I get my joy from the Word of God. And it strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates How many of you know that the word of God penetrates right to the heart? It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Listen to this. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, we can hide sometimes from each other. We can hide... I've never been very good at hiding things from my dad. He's always pretty good at figuring out what's going on. It was never very good. Either I was really bad at it or he was really good at figuring it out. I'm not sure which it was. <laughs> but you can, you can fool people, you know what I mean? 
but you can't fool God. God knows where you live. You hear what I'm saying? God knows where you live. He knows what you're hiding in your backyard. Even though the front of your house looks really nice, your backyard is dirty. And all the stuff you're trying to hide in your backyard. <laughs> you guys do that? Make the front of your house look all purty and, and behind is all the junk you keep. It's kind of the same. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Yeah, I've been looking, that's right. God's been looking in my backyard. He knows the stuff I'm trying to hide. He knows the stuff you're trying to hide. The Word of God, just like an arrow, man, right to the heart. No messing around. He knows our hearts. In Romans 10, 9, would you turn there with me? I want you to see this with your own eyes. I want to go back just in verse 8. But what does it say? The Word is near you. It is in your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. 9, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. There's, there's power in that confession. There's power in that proclamation. And, and the Bible is saying here that if you confess with your mouth, What? That Jesus Christ is Lord. And believe in your heart that what? God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Hallelujah. Bill, can I get you to come to the piano, the keyboard hip up here? If the team wants to come, that's fine as well. Would you stand with me today? I really believe that God has been wanting to speak to his church. He's trying to wake us up. I believe in many cases the church has fallen asleep. Ken Gibson spoke at the men's dinner the other night, did a great job, and spoke about this very thing and about falling asleep. The word of God. And I think in many cases we have gotten very comfortable. Very comfortable. That's not necessarily where God wants us to be. And I think in many cases we have we do good in certain areas, you know, and we do good at coming to church maybe and, and we do good coming Wednesday nights or whatever and different events and functions and stuff like that. But when it comes to being the light of Christ in a dark world, sometimes that kind of falls to the wayside. When it comes to bringing somebody to church so that they can be in a place where God can speak to them, you're hurting me now. We don't do that well. We need to do better. Because you know, at arm's distance... There is a circle of influence around you that you have influence in people's lives. They hear what you have to say. They may not like it, but they'll listen. Okay? Are we doing what we need to be doing inviting these people?
to come to church. I'd like for them all to come to this church, but I got a lot of friends in the area that are great pastors. And if they don't come to this church, go to one of them. But get to church, man. Get them to church. Get them to a place where God can speak to them. And if they won't come to church, you take the word of God to them. Because the word of God is what changes people's lives. The word of God is sharp. The word of God, the Bible says, will not return void. But what? It's going to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent out. And what is that? Why is the word of God sent out? It's the good news unto salvation. People need to hear that God loves them. He adores them. People need to hear that God is on their side. God wants the best for them. He wants for them to come to him. They don't need to fix it all before they go to church, right? We've talked about that a ton, haven't we? That's not the way it is. Sometimes the church makes people feel like that. Like they got to fix themselves all up before they get to church. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. That's not the way. That's not the model we see. That's not the model we see in the, in the word, is it? Get them in and let God change them. We ought to, we ought to make a vow, a promise to each other that every week we're going to invite somebody to come to church. Because the call of God is out to people. The harvest is happening as we speak. You know what I mean by harvest? We're in the planting season right now, right? But in the fall, there's going to come a harvest. When we're just going to, we're going to bring everything in from the gardens and from the fields. And God is doing that now. God is bringing people in. God is reaping a harvest. We are part of that harvest. And we have a job to do. I want to give you an opportunity today. I, I don't know if, if there's some part of what was spoken today that really hit your heart. Something that, God, you feel God is speaking to you. And I want to give you the opportunity today to be brave, to be courageous, and to come forward. Can I have our prayer team come forward right now? And we're not going to, we're going to make sure that there's somebody there to pray with you. And we want to shoulder some of that load with you. We want to pray with you. If you feel like God has been speaking to you this morning, would you come? Just come down to this altar. This altar is just a, a place, a place for you to come and to lay it all down and say, I, I can't do it myself anymore. I can't do it. I've tried. It's just a place for you to come and to meet with God. Will you come as we sing this song? Don't wait. Just come forward. Let us pray with you. You are God alone before time began. Oh, you are on the throne. You are God alone. Come on, people, come. And right now, in the good times and the bad, oh, you are on your throne. You are God alone.
Maybe you are in a place in your life where you've got some chains that have been just wrapped around you and your hands and feet are bound and no matter what you've done, no matter what you've tried, nothing works. God wants to set you free today. God wants to set you free today. There's no reason for that to continue. God has provided everything that you need in Jesus when he died on the cross.